Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Hey, what's up, everybody? Wow. I mean, I was just uh, debriefing with Jonathan, uh, but <laughs> we just got off the show, and I'm just going to give you the intro right now. Man, Jonathan Domsky is literally Yoda. He's one of the smartest uh, guys I know when it comes to how do you build a life by design, one that's vision-driven, one with removing self-limiting beliefs. Uh, this guy is just a badass entrepreneur who is now uh, running an amazing coaching business, but he really truly is a special person. And we went just super deep on how do we, you know, declare the things that we want to create in our lives to what's the difference between a declaration versus a mantra or excuse me, an affirmation. And it was just like, an, I, w- I told him, I said, man, I've been taking notes the whole time we were talking. And I rarely do that during podcasts because I'm so focused on the show. So uh, stay tuned. Amazing episode. Uh, enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershaz. And boy, do we have a special guest. My main man, Jonathan Domsky, is back in the house. Mr. Domsky, what's up, my friend? It's great to be here, Darius. And as always, there's nowhere else I'd rather be than hanging out with you. So I'm doing pretty great. Looking forward to our conversation today. Man, I've been looking forward to this conversation since you booked it a couple months ago. And here we are chopping it up on the greatness machine once again. So now I want to say this because I don't know if, you know, we did this back in the day when I, I was a live stream and I don't recall if we converted. Did you, did I ever tell you we were going to make, turn you into a podcast on the previous episode? I don't think so. No, I don't think, I don't think so. I didn't, do, I, I, there was, there, there was very few episodes I did it with, but um, so this is Jonathan's uh, inaugural uh, <laughs> or uh, induction into the podcast of The Greatness Machine, but he is an original, an OG, an original gangster when it comes to being on the show back when we were live stream. I told him, I said, listen, I don't, I don't sing on the show anymore, which says a lot about me and the show. But um, no, I wish I could. The problem was is all, is all the copywriting. But um, So I'm going to remind uh, the audience as well as Jonathan, lots changed since he was on the show. First and foremost, this is uh, now a, a one of the top podcasts in the country, so we're really stoked about that. And with that comes the responsibility to make sure we have badass content for our listeners. 
And, you know, really the, the greatness machine is about two things. It's about people creating, uh, you know, greatness in the world and those who are living their passions to do so. And my friend Jonathan is neither short of passion nor greatness. Um, now, do you mind, Jonathan, if I, if I give a little bit of our origin story, give a little background on us? Uh, I would love to. But first, I just want to say, Darius, part of what we're going to talk about today, I think, is self-limiting beliefs. And this idea that you can't sing on your show because of copyright, you just can't sing with background music. I Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been practicing the ukulele for going on a year, and it is because secretly I will be singing on the show at some point once I can play enough songs. But, um, you know, I don't want to I, – I, my goal is to grow the show, and I do feel like if I was just singing without music, it, it might – there are it so might... many ways that we could do this, Darius. You could have a podcast band in the background playing original <laughs> music. You could sing a cappella. True, true that. You know, you're getting me really excited about the future of the show when when this is a massive show and I have a live band that, that we have, like the house band. I will be singing live. It'll be like uh, Jimmy Cor- or what's his name Corgan, the guy that that does like uh, uh, a. What's it? Uh, uh, oh shoot! The, the, where they're driving the car and they sing uh, karaoke. Uh, uh, I will be. I will be doing that. But but <laughs> I appreciate the the limiting beliefs. Yes, audience. One day you too will listen to me sing. Uh, but until but you know it, it became a production issue because the show was getting blocked. Like when I put yeah. it on social, so I was like, all right, I, I I got. What do I want? Do I want to get the message out there, or do I want to be so self indulgent just to sing? And I chose with the message one. So, <laughs> but I do appreciate what you said. Um, so I met Jonathan, um, gosh, I guess five years ago at Gathering of Titans, which is my MIT event that I talk about a lot on the show. And, um, and you know, at that point in time, you were the CEO of Kidorable um, and founder of Kidorable. And since then, you have, have really kind of, you know, changed your, your world. Now, do you, do you still own Kidorable or no? Uh, so actually, as of a week ago, I am not an owner. Uh, my wife runs it completely, and I could tell you about that story. But uh, yeah, she is, uh, she's taken it 100%. So, so you are now free from Kidorable, but when I met you, you know, many moons ago, you know, about what, six, seven, five, six, seven years yeah. ago, uh, you were the uh, co-founder and CEO of the company, and this is a right. large uh, global brand that produces fun, practical, and unique uh, children's accessories. Since then, you've gone on. You've started Untangled uh, Coaching. Is that the the official name of the business? It is. Okay, just want you know. As funny as my team didn't put it down here, but I just knew it off the top of my head because you are the badass. I know that untangles a lot of knots in CEOs and entrepreneurs and businesses' lives. So, uh, you are a business and life coach who helps entrepreneurs untangle the knots in their work and personal lives. Uh, you've read over three thousand books, which is amazing. I'm now moving into this book athlete category, so I'd love to to talk a little bit about that. And, um, you know, it was funny how you were introduced to me from a coaching standpoint is um, about three, almost three years ago, uh, three years ago yesterday, I I exited my business and I was talking to Rick Sapio. Um, I joined a a forum, a a CEO peer group uh, through our MIT uh, forum. And and Rick came and spoke and he said, he's like, hey, there it is. you know, you should really consider. I'm. T- am I doing a spot on impersonation, Sapio? Yeah. Like spot on. This he's like yeah. from like Jersey. Al- elongate the a. There he is. He's like he's anyone that, that any of my older listeners 
that no happy days. He's got a little Fonz in him. It's a little Fonzarelli. So he goes, hey, Darius, um, you, you ever thought about having a coach? And I was like, you know, man, I'm all coached out. He's like, dude, listen, if you know anybody that needs a coach, you got to refer him to Jonathan. He's, he's a badass. He's like Yoda. So, <laughs> so your nickname's Yoda. Um, and, you know, uh, in the show notes here, it says you have a superpower, superpower. And I will say this because I've ended up doing a bunch of impromptu coaching with you. Like, Jonathan, you are really a unique soul and individual as far as help helping people kind of figure out what's going to get them to the next level, you know. Um, and, you know, since we've become friends, you know, we've gotten to kind of see each other's worlds, you know, move in the last couple of years. You've really grown your business and you're really out there helping a ton of entrepreneurs and CEOs. It's amazing to see. Uh, recently, you came and spoke to my scale group, uh, did an amazing workshop on how do you build a core pur- purpose-driven organization, the idea of actually what does that look like to create it. So I'm super excited to have you here on the show today um, to really talk about, you know, we, before the show, let me say this, we also talked about, you know, what would add the most value to listeners. And where we landed was really talking about, you know, how do you build a vision for your organization? How do you build this purpose-driven organization with an amazing vision and then align people, get them elevated to want to focus on that and or even yourself, not just necessarily your business. Um, as well as this idea of limiting beliefs and how that stops people. So I'm super excited to have you here to you know, educate our audience. But um, yeah, man, welcome again. Welcome back on the show. And I'm, I'm pumped to have you here, man. Jonathan, thank you. Well, it's a delight to be here, Darius. And if I could just tell you a little bit about my, my story and help illustrate some of those uh, themes that you talked about in this introduction. So I, I started my business, Cadorable, uh, with my wife when I was 24 years old. And I was very much an accidental entrepreneur. I didn't have, I didn't know any business people growing up. I, I was a junior in college before I knew that there were a million things to do in the world and that being a doctor and lawyer were only two of them. But I um, I was recently married. We were used to spending all of our time together. My wife was from China. And we wanted to be able to keep spending time together. It seemed like it'd be really hard to do with nine to five jobs and two weeks vacation to go back to China and do all that stuff. So we decided we needed to start a, start a business. And if you had asked me, say, 15 years ago, am I passionate about my business? I would have told you yes. But if you had asked me, does selling fun, practical, unique children's accessories at Cadorable make my heart sing? I would have to say, no, not really. I mean, I, I joined EO. EO is amazing. and taught me how, why EO back then. It taught me how to be an entrepreneur. And I learned how to be an inspiring manager and an efficient administrator and all the stuff that you need to run a business. But the highlight of my week was the 10 or so hours that I would spend in meetings. I love meetings. Meetings are where problems are solved. It's where people come in frustrated and confused. They leave with clear direction and inspiration on how to do their work. I engineered my whole <laughs> my whole work life around how I could be in meetings, coaching people, basically. I had a daily daily front office training meeting. I, I, I would have quarterly, I, I ran our quarterly strategic planning meetings. I would have quarterly reviews with staff that lasted two or three hours, every single person in the company. I, I just, you know, arranged my whole life around meetings because that's what I love to do. And after a couple decades, the company was pretty highly optimized. I was working from home a couple hours a day and I was looking for some other way to express my entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial energies. And I remember one year, my YEO forum, EO forum, we went on a retreat. And as part of the learning exercise, 
I said, you know, I'm thinking of being a coach. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's what I should be doing. And I had this magical thinking idea that I would just put it out into the world. You know, I'm going to be a coach and that clients would magically knock on my door. But I didn't actually take any action, <laughs> you know, beyond saying this is something that I wanted to do. And Darius, nobody knocked on my door. And that gets to the next uh, you know, topic that we're talking about, about having a vision. Vision is not some pie in the sky, magical thinking. I'll just manifest it you know, in my world. I'll just, uh, I'll just say what I want, and then the universe will provide for me. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. There's two basic kinds of visions. There's affirmations and declarations. An affirmation is a statement of the world as it is right now at its best, and it opens our experience to life. So I, I know you're a, a huge advocate of core values. Core value statements can be used as, as affirmations. I'll, I'll share one of my, my number one value is loving kindness. I lead with love, compassion, and acceptance, not with hurt or anger or fear. I say that to myself every morning before I open my eyes. It orients me to my experience of life. And it's not action-oriented in the sense that, like, it's not attached to a goal or anything like that. But it's how I view the world. And it, it opens my mind to what's happening. And I'll share a story when my, when my son, my son's 13, but when he was, like, four, I'd love to read with him in bed. And we had written, you know, we had read, we were on the third storybook and we were having fun and cuddling until we weren't. And he starts kind of acting up and puts his hands over the book so I can't read anymore. And I'm like, Kubla, do you, you want to stop? Like, do you want to do something else? He's like, keep reading. And he just makes it impossible. And this adorable, <laughs> you know, adorable little son is, you know, becoming a, a monster, making it impossible. And this is not the first time this has happened. This is something like this had happened many times. And I tried all sorts of things. I tried expressing my disappointment. I tried leaving the room. I tried kicking him out of the room. I tried all these things. None of them felt right. Until one day I remembered this affirmation. I lead with love, compassion, and acceptance, not with hurt or anger or fear. And when it was clear that he just wasn't going to allow us to have a good time together, he wasn't going to tell me what he wanted. I tried, you know, distracting him, doing other stuff. He wasn't going for it. I just told him, you know, Kova, it makes me sad that you want to push away the people who care about you most. Tell you what, I'm going to put the book down. I'm going to, you know, go to the kitchen and, you know, wash the dishes or whatever. When you're ready, you come find me and we'll give you a big hug and we'll play together. There was no anger. There was no fear. There was no resentment. There was no hurt. Like, why is my son acting like this? It was just love, compassion and acceptance. And five minutes later, he, he never actually came looking for me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! That was, I was waiting I, for that moment. <laughs> I, I made an excuse to walk by him, and he looks at me, and I look at him, and we hug each other, and we we're closer than ever. That's the power of an affirmation; it opens our experience, o opens our uh, minds to the, you know to experience. Can, 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 I, can I ask you a question on that? Like, yeah. because I've been a person that was, um, you know, people have like daily affirmations or mantras or yeah. what's the you know that, that people have where. They, they write their, they journal in the morning. You know, there's a whole yeah. miracle morning thing that Hal Elrod teaches. Um, and I, and I used to struggle with, um, 
maybe it's not affirmations, but what, what, is an affirmation like I say, I want, like, I'm going to use an example that I think a lot of people use, like, I am rich. Like, I'm, I'm a rich, wealthy yeah. person that, that money comes to me. Is that an affirmation? Am I thinking of this right? Yeah. So affirmations are often misused. And let me make a couple important distinctions. So the best way I believe to use an affirmation is that it describes the world as it is right now at its best. And again, that opens your mind to your experience of life. So if you say that you are rich and money comes to me, and if that's just objectively not true, <laughs> you know, you can't pay your mortgage, you're living in your car, whatever it is, it causes cognitive dissonance, uh, dissonance, and it's likely to do more harm than good. Let's pretend that you are a wicked queen, evil stepmother. If you say, I am the fairest of them all, it's just not true. A much better affirmation would be life's not a competition or being evil queen is enough. We, we don't need to say something that's not true. What you need instead, it's like halfway between an affirmation and a goal, is a declaration. A declaration okay. declares a new reality. It brings a new reality into being. Um, there's what, What's the most famous declaration ever made? The Declaration of Independence. Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. You know, oh, power of the government comes from you know the people and all that stuff. When these words were first written on July fourth, seventeen seventy-six, by Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin and those guys, this was not the world the colonists lived in. They did not close their eyes in the morning and say. I live in a free and independent country. I live in a free and independent country. Like, they started a revolution. They took action. But the last line, the very last sentence of the Declaration of Independence is that we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. These guys were going up against the biggest empire in the world. There was no reason to expect that they would be successful. There was every reason to believe that they would be hung as traitors, and we would have never heard of them just like a million other failed revolutionaries. But these immortal words, they brought a new world into being. It was not true when they said it. It was a declaration of the future, the world that they wanted to build. Now, something really interesting happened. I mean, in addition to the, you know, to the revolution and you know, birthing a new country based on not just power, but on uh, ideas you know, of liberty and all that stuff. In 1783... A few months after the Revolutionary War ended, a Jewish congregation in Philadelphia wrote a letter to the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania legislature. And they basically said, what about us? We fought in the Revolutionary War. We believe in this stuff, too. And we want you to, the Pennsylvania legislature, we want you to eliminate religious tests for holding office. Mm. Hmm. And they were successful. And then blacks started asking, what about us? And women started asking, what about us? When Thomas Jefferson wrote these words, he was not thinking. I don't know if he was thinking about Jews, but I could tell he was not thinking about blacks and women when he said this. Yeah, he's like, he's like uh, hold on. I declared this for white for white dudes who are Protestants, okay? Like, but the idea we, uh, the, the, lives. The, 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 the we being me. Yeah. But the idea lives. And it created a new world. And it inspired all these people. And it continues to inspire people today. It was inspiring to Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. It was inspiring to Martin Luther King. It was inspiring in our own time to the Black Lives Matter protests. 
these words created a new reality. That's the difference between a declaration and an affirmation. So to your original okay, Wait, wait. So, so yeah. let me just let me just stop here. So, affirmation. Just so the listeners are, are, I want to make sure we break this down. Affirmations like the best version of life, given the facts that are here right now. Yeah, opens right? your experience to life as it is. A declaration right. creates declarations a new world. like the new nothing world to that's do with not how here. We got here. Nothing to do with the past. This is where we're going in the future. Okay, so after so let's use the example you gave in, in the beginning, which was someone living in their car. Someone living yeah. in their car. They're down on hard luck. You know, and yeah. they're like, I'm going to affirm that I'm going to show up today and be happy and create opportunities for myself because I'm a person that's capable and, and I'm a creator. Okay. Yeah. All those, that's not like, even if they're not that, they could, that's the best version of themselves potentially at that moment. So for that person, I would say is an affirmation. There's always enough. There's always okay. enough. By definition, that's true. You'd be dead. Okay. So there's we always all enough. Have what we need. There's always enough. I always have what I need. Even if you're homeless in your car, that's true. Okay, and I would say that, a... yeah, I would say that to open my experience to life, to get rid of that scarcity mentality and all that stuff. Right. And as a declaration, yeah, and as a declaration, I would say, I declare the possibility that, and then I'd say what you said, what, what, what were the words that money comes easily to me and all that sort well, of stuff. I, yeah, I was going to go more extreme now, now that we're playing, having fun. I was going to say, I declare that I deserve a mansion in the sky that rains Ferraris, like like if someone. <laughs> so let's uh, so let's uh, let's tighten it up a little bit. Affirmations are the world as it is right now. A declaration is the best version of your future self. It's not who you are right now. Right, it's who you, it's who you want future. to become. So I want to become. I'm 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 the the I'm fighting the 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 you know British. Yeah. I'm a tra- I'm a traitor trying to free my country. We're not yeah. right now. We're a colony that if we lose, it ain't good. And the odds are stacked against us, but yeah. I'm declaring independence to go become a free country. Cause it's who I want to be in the future. Yeah. So I declare the possibility that I live in a free and independent country. Let's make it present tense. It's in the future, but we're going to live this way right now. I declare the possibility that I live in a free and independent country. I declare the possibility that I live in a mansion and it rains Ferraris. It's not true right now, but it's going to be true. It's who I am. It's the best yeah. version of my future self. And then the key is with steely, clear-eyed vision, say, this is where we are right now. This is where I want to be. What's missing? Oh, who the is middle. it that I need to be? What is it that I need to learn? What is the action I need to take to bridge that gap? So, so gap is today I'm here at point A. I'm, I'm, I declare that I am going to point B. Yeah. The gap is the, who I need to become, the work I need to do to make that truth a a reality. Is that what I'm hearing? That's that's exactly right. Life is a curriculum, Darius, perfectly designed for us to work out our purpose. All we need to do is look around at what's happening right now. And ask those three questions. Who is it that I need to be? What is it that I need to learn? What is the action that I need to take? Mm. Continuing with that origin story I was telling you about, you know, several years ago, I just kind of put it into the world. I did like a, 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 I kind of phoned in my declaration, you know, like, I'm going to be a coach. When I was finally ready, it was actually, it was a single day. It was January 31st, 
2020, before anyone knew what COVID was. It's Friday afternoon, like any other. I took a walk from my home to Lake Michigan, a few blocks away, up to the Northwestern University campus to clear my head, process the week. It's a walk I've taken hundreds of times in the past, but this day, <clears throat> as soon as the water comes into view, I feel the ground shift beneath my feet. It, it literally, it felt like I was riding an avalanche. I, I had to sit down. I was, uh, it just felt unmoored, literally unsteady on my feet. And separate from everything that had happened to me in my past. And I just realized in that instant, I can no longer devote my life to work that doesn't light me up. Mm. And that I was born to be a coach that I'd, I'd love to learn. I'm great at teaching. The world needs entrepreneurs who have clarity on who they are and where they're going. Where they're going is that vision part. How to get there. And then I made a real vision about the kind of coach that I want to be. I'm going to share two that I made and how I actually use these to set goals and to create my reality. The first was I declare the possibility. Again, this is not who I was right then. It's who I, well, it is who I am now a few years later, but it was not who I was when I said these. I declare the possibility that I'm a master coach, an entrepreneur with a unique perspective on business and relationships who shares my gifts in the world. I am someone who acts, who is not afraid, who comes up with ideas, who is not afraid to fail and fail again until I find a joyful solution that works. Mm. What I started doing next is I made a list of the 60 entrepreneurs who know me best, and I started calling them, telling them what I was doing and asking them if there was anyone in their circle who could use this kind of help. And I'm an introvert. I don't like... You know, I don't like calling people. I don't like selling myself. And I thought, you know, I could call four people a week. That's a good pace for someone like me. And I did that for a week or two. And then every morning before I open my eyes, I say my declaration. I'm not. A, I'm someone who acts. I'm not afraid to fail and fail again until I find a joyful solution that works. And I remember saying to myself one morning, really? I'm someone who acts. I'm not afraid to fail. And I can only make four phone calls a week to launch my business. That's... That's absurd. And I started calling 20 people a week. You know, for some people, that would still be low. But for me, that was a lot. Tw calling 20 people a week, that was enough to launch my business and get Untangled Coaching off the ground. It's how you use the power of a vision combined with walk the talk to see if you're actually in alignment with it to adjust your actions so mm. that you get closer to your goal. A few months in, I was introduced to the work of Byron Katie. She's, uh, she's a psychologist. She's a mystic. She's a just brilliant, amazing woman who she has these conferences. She brings people on stage she's never met before. And in front of a live audience, like in half an hour, she completely changes their world around. And I thought, like, I want to be able to do that. I mean, different methods, different uh, goals, but uh, I want to do that. And, and I, wrote, I wrote then this vision. I declare the possibility that I radiate a palpable wisdom, compassion, and all-embracing acceptance of people just the way they are, so they feel safe enough to approach me, engage, and do the work, that I untangle the clutter obscuring their best, most authentic selves, so they see a clear path to a life and business that are easy, meaningful, and joyous. And again, when I first said that, it was not true. I did, <laughs> I did not radiate a palpable wisdom, compassion, and acceptance, but I did what I do. 
I read a dozen books. I looked at all my notes that, from all these books I've read and courses I've taken. And I wrote down a coaching framework mm. through which I, you know, the lens that I look at everything so that I could just talk to someone and then very quickly, you know, move the needle on them so that they have a life that's more easy, meaningful, and joyous. First of all, just that purpose, everything I do, if your life is not easier, easier doesn't mean that you don't work hard. It just means that it feels effortless, even if you're, you know, putting in 16 hour days. If your life is not more meaningful, if your life is not more joyous, then it's just not a satisfying experience for me. And there's basically five reasons why entrepreneurs who are working so hard don't have the lives that they want. The first is they don't know who they are. Can you know, I, can I, can I jump in here? Um, yeah. cause I want, I want to, um, I want to kind of pause for a second and then we can, then I'd love to jump back to like what's stopping people. Cause I have some questions for yeah. you. So first of all, I love, like, I love everything you're, you're talking about because for me, I'm, I've always been a person that it's like, man, I, I like, I'm, I've actually been pretty good at declaring stuff. Um, that's it, it's, it, I feel like once you say it, you know, I don't do it. No, no. With a declaration or an affirmation, is this something that's like a daily thing where you're like, Hey, if you're going to do it, you got to do it every day. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, could you, I'd love There's to hear no your thoughts about that. it. So the, the answer is as often as you have bandwidth for. So I, <laughs> I live for this stuff, Darius. I have 10 affirmations and three or four declarations. And I say them every morning before I open my eyes as part of my, uh, you know, morning meditation ritual. Um, for most people, that would be a lot. But like core values, you know, once a week, is about right for most people. It's best if you can memorize them. It's fine to read the, to, to read them. You could have them as an Outlook calendar reminder or something like that. And then do walk the talk. After you say them, ask yourself, what are specific examples this last week or you know how, since last time you did it where I lived my vision, where I was fully aligned with my vision? If you can't think of any specific examples, then uh, you know, it shows that you're out of alignment. What are specific examples when I fell short? Maybe I had the opportunity to, to live my vision and I chose not to. Maybe the opportunity was there and I didn't realize it until it was too late. What could I learn from the last week or two or since the last time I did this? What do I want to keep doing? What do I want to do differently? Look at where you spend your time and money. Does it reflect so, a commitment to your vision or does it reflect a commitment to something else? Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount 
so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and Supply & Demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million-dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Well, and so let me ask a question on that because I mean, I'm even thinking of myself right now because there's like some, like like a good example would be this podcast, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I, I've declared many times I am building one of the top pod business slash personal development podcasts in the world. I want to yeah. make this one of the top podcasts in the world. And there are some, you know, I, I pump out a lot of content, promote the show, there's stuff like that, but I'm always feeling like I'm not doing enough. So, you know, but I say it every opportunity I get, I say it now. Um, just because I know it kind of keeps me accountable. So is there a risk of, I guess to your point, the walk the talk practice and for listeners that don't know that what that is, that's saying, okay, if this is important to me, what actions have I taken to make it? You, you kind of said that what actions have I taken in the past week or day or whatever you can kind yeah. of figure out what cadence works for you. But is there a risk of like, do you find that there's risk of, of loss of momentum or disappointment if you keep saying these things and you're not seeing changes or is it that you believe that, by saying it and then by taking the steps, like at some point you're going to either decide it's the wrong mantra for you or the long, wrong declaration for you. Um, or you're going to hit it because you're taking action on a consistent basis. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So it depends on the, cir the circumstances, depends on the situation, but let me share a few things that help answer that question. So the first thing is there's two kinds of goals. There's really only two things that motivate people to take action in the world. Either things suck so badly that we just wanted to stop hurting so much, so we're motivated to take action, or we have a compelling vision for our future that drives us towards it, a positive vision and a negative vision. Both are equally effective in getting us started, but there's a big difference between a positive vision and a negative vision. You know, I talked about there's where you are right now, there's where you're going. And that gap creates a, it's, it, it has a creative tension. A negative vision is a victim's vision. The tension's like a rubber band. The more progress you make, 
the less tension there is in the rubber band. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you want to lose weight. A negative vision to lose weight would be that I am so sick of my clothes being tight. I just want my clothes to stop being tight. So you do the things that you would do if you were sick of your clothes being tight. <laughs> Maybe you buy new clothes, but uh, you know, you diet, you exercise, you do all this stuff, right? And you make progress. And maybe you lose a little weight and your clothes aren't so tight anymore. And it doesn't hurt so bad anymore. And you stop doing those things. Mm. And you go back to where you started. A negative vision, the more progress you make, the less it's attractive power, the less mm. the creative tension. And so you go back to where we started. In contrast, a positive vision is like a magnet. The more progress you make on a positive vision, the stronger the attraction, the more you want to keep going. Same person wanting to lose weight. If your motivation to lose weight is just that you want to look great and have a lot of energy, you start doing the same things. You diet, you exercise, you do all the things that people do to lose weight. And the more progress you make, the better you feel, the better you look, the more energy you have, and the more motivated you are to keep going. That'd be the first thing that I would say. The second is it's not enough just to say the vision. It needs to be translated into concrete action. Now, you may not know what you need to do in order to uh, fulfill your vision, but you don't necessarily need that uh, in order to start. Um, could we do something together and just play with it a little bit? Could I, could I share my screen and uh, do you want to do it live right now? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, this is all. This is going to be pod, so it's all audio for listeners. So Yeah. Um, well, you know, that... I'll share it for you and me. It'll just help me... Uh... It yeah, go for it. All right. All right. So li track. listeners, he's sharing a vision with me. I may describe it to you so you can. So yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I'm just going to write down. So, so what's your, what's your vision? Just tell me. I declare the, or on the podcast, I declare the possibility that. I declare the possibility that I can, that I will build the number one podcast in the world. Podcast in the world. I declare the possibility that I will build the number one podcast in the world. So I'm just going to leave that as an original one. And now let's start making some edits. We want this to be present tense. It's not who you are, it's who you are in the future, but you're going to act that way right now. So instead of I declare the possibility that I will build the number one podcast in the world, I would change it to I declare the possibility that I am building the number one podcast in the world, or I declare the possibility that I have built yeah, if, if, if it's done, then it's built. It's done. It's yeah. like, here we are. We're top of the mountain. Come get us, baby. Yeah. All right. I like that. I like that. So okay. we, so, so we're, words so now matter. Let's, so now let's try to define this. And we're kind of, we're going to, we're going to um, reverse engineer a goal out of this. First of all, number one podcast, podcast in the world. Um, what does that mean? Uh, most downloads. Uh, most, yeah, probably most downloads. It would be the most downloads per month. Most downloads per month. And do you know what that number is? I think, you know, I think Joe Rogan, I mean, look, people kind of tweet this number. I think Joe Rogan gets, uh, I want to say 11 million downloads per episode. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a hundred million downloads a month. Okay. So, um, and this ballpark, what's, uh, what are your numbers? No, uh, you know, we're probably at called a hundred thousand downloads a month right now. Okay. So you're, Currently at uh, 100,000 
want to get up to uh, 100 million. So uh, you know, go at a thousand fold. All right. So at least we know what the we we, we know what the uh, uh, we know what the challenge is. And when you say number one in podcasts in the world, again, I just want to clarify: is that period? Is that in a specific category? Are you really competing against Joe Rogan, or is this just about business podcasts, or or, or what? I mean, if I could have it my way, it'd be uh, all all podcasts. It would be the yeah. ability to, to to yeah, like like if this is like. I mean, the 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 founding fathers didn't say they wanted to be the <laughs> the, the, the the United State of America. They said states. <laughs> they, sure. they didn't say, hey, "Hey, we'll just take Manhattan. You guys can have the rest of North America." <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. And what does it mean? It seems uh, silly to ask this, but what does it mean that you have built it? It would it would mean that I'm able to you know engage and you know with some of the top thought leaders in the world. It would mean that I get to bring my personality and to learn from some of the greatest minds in the world and to bring those conversations to folks so that they can elevate and create greatness in the world. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if there's room in this vision that someone else builds it too, or someone else builds it with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would assume that there's room for lots of people too. Yeah. So again, just kind of reverse engineering this goal. Could Joe Rogan be a partner? Theoretically. Be- yeah. I, I, this is not about ego. I would, yeah. anyone that was aligned from values and from like a messaging perspective, I could, uh, yeah, no. it doesn't need to be just me. Yeah, so someone like Joe Rogan, uh, you know, could they be a partner? Uh, who, in, in order for you to build the number one podcast in the world, who do you need to be? I would need to be more well known, I th- I believe, and okay. I I would need to is that, is being well known. Is that a is that a result or is that something that you are? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know which which comes first. It's a chicken or egg, right? Like if you're well known, you could probably get better guests, and then better guests or better, you know, you know, more people will will follow. Uh, Yeah, I, I, you know, I I actually in order to attract better guests. I I think in today's day and age, it really is around building a bigger platform. The bigger the platform, the higher profile you know, folks you can attract, or the more interesting folks you can attract because they have a lot of options. And so mm-hmm. it's it's around, and they're going to really be decisive and choosy about where they spend their time from a media perspective. So I do think it's around, you know, incrementally building a bigger platform that then attracts more, I guess, enticing guests, yep. or you get the first conversation when something goes down that that you know that is the world wants to hear about. So I do yep. think it's a, you as you build a bigger platform it becomes a flywheel. So I think the platform really matters. Yeah. So that's certainly true. I wonder though, who could be your strategic partners? Who could be your strategic relationships? Who, who's someone who you would be delighted to have on your podcast that you feel that you just can't get them on right now? Cause you well, don't have Barack, like, well, I mean, I was going to say Barack Obama or like one sure. of the former presidents, you know um, but I don't want to, I don't want to alienate, you know, our non-democratic listeners. So <laughs> I don't know, like, I mean, I'll give you someone like, like, it yeah, w- like, uh, yeah. 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 George. Yeah. 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 Like the, the past, any of the past four presidents, I would take any of them. I don't care. Sure. You know, so I, if you were just to call up W, if you were to call up Obama, they would probably say no. 
But I wonder if you know someone who knows them. I wonder if you know someone who knows someone who knows them. Someone who you could either owe you a favor or you could get to owe you a favor who can make that happen. Our mutual friend, Mike Michalowicz, he's a best-selling author. I told him that I wanted to meet Eckhart Tolle. And there were like, I have my list of like famous authors who I really, who I, I really admire. And I can't just call them up. They have people in front of them. And Mike Michalowicz said, you need to send them a wow box. And I'm like, what's a wow box? He's like, spend 500 to $1,000, find out what they like send it through their publisher, something that would make them say, wow, at the very least, I'm going to call this guy and say, thank you, because this guy really did the work to get to know me. He gave me something valuable that I really love and appreciate. And I don't know if I'll go on his podcast or not, but you know, I'll give him a conversation. There is a way that you could get Obama on here, on, on, your, on your podcast. There is a way that you could get George W. Bush on your podcast before you build that bigger platform. And it's through leveraging your network. It's by being remarkable. It's by doing something interesting. Someone yeah, else builds it with you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So I saw this um, this guy named David Deuce, who's an uh, entrepreneur's organization member. And he wanted to get um, Tom Hanks on his podcast. So yeah. he, so it's a great example. And I love that, that the way you're thinking about this. So, um, but what he ended up doing was... I actually hit him up because I wanted to interview him about the, this thing that he did. He found out there's a, there's that that Tom Tom Hanks is a fanatic around vintage typewriters, so he <laughs> went and yeah. found this amazing vintage typewriter that he knew Tom Hanks would like fall in love with. It was from like the 30s, and yeah. he sent it to him as a gift and asked him if he would carve out some time to be on the podcast. Yeah. And so what was funny was Tom Hanks wrote him this like email back this message back that he typed on the typewriter and it was like kind of in the i'm gonna butcher it but it was like how dare you think you can bribe me to come on your podcast by sending me this amazing oh wow these keys are so smooth (laughs) dot 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 back to what i was saying i can't believe that you would actually think that you could just entice me to come and be on your show purely by bribing me. Oh, but it just feels so good on my fingers. <laughs> and then he said, all of my people connect with your people and we'll see what we can make happen. And he interviewed Tom Hanks based on that. Yeah, so there, it's a, there's it's a, a really good there. example. So I want to go back to that vision. I, um, <clears throat> I declare the possibility that I radiate a palpable wisdom, compassion, and all-embracing acceptance. I did the stuff that I needed to do to have a complete, comprehensive coaching framework. And it's basically that there's five reasons why people don't who are working so hard, smart, hardworking people don't have the lives and businesses they want. They don't know who they are. They don't know who their core, what their core values are. They don't know their purpose. They don't know what they were put on this earth to do. Or they don't know where they're going and all that stuff, who you are, points a finger in the direction of a vision, a compelling magnetic vision that, that pulls you forward. If you know who you are, if you know where you're going, well, then there's how do you get there? That's the things that most people think they know. Most people think they need when they want to coach. And that's why we join EO and YPO and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes it's even true that if we just read one more book or that, <laughs> or that uh, you know, we just attended one more course that we know everything. But I can tell you, I've read a lot of books and it's just not true. What's more common is there's an obstacle. There's something ahead of us 
in front of us that we either have to go around or through or over, whatever it is. Or to me, most fascinatingly and, and more commonly, we were joking about it at the beginning of our conversation today. There's a self-limiting belief. There's an obstacle inside of us. And that obstacle inside of us is usually in the form of a self-limiting belief or a competing commitment that makes us feel like we have one one foot on the gas and, and one foot on the brake. You know, we, we you and I met at uh, GOT of Gathering of Titans. Uh, before there was GOT, there was BOG, Birthing of Giants. I think it's called EMP now. But I started in 2001. And I remember the second year that I was there. It was uh, <laughs> it was the second night, second year. Introvert kryptonite, uh, unstructured social time, open bar, and I don't drink. And I heard just all these conversations buzzing in my ears, and I just felt overwhelmed. It felt I, I had something approaching a panic attack. I did, it was eight in the evening. I just, I just I ran out of there. I had to go back to my room. And I remember thinking, what's wrong with me? Like, I want to get to know these people. They want to get to me. I, I, I spent all this time. I spent all this money coming here. Why can't I connect with them? And I, when I came home, I, you know, I did what I do. I, I read a half a dozen books on small talk and how to connect with people and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it, it helped, made it a little bit better. I talked to my extrovert friends. You know, I asked, like, what's your secret? How do you do it? And I got a really strong weakness. You know, I, I got better at, uh, you know, better at talking with people. But it still didn't work. I still wasn't able to do it. And it was years later I discovered this process called the, uh, the four columns competing commitment exercise. And it starts with what's your vision? What's your commitment? I declare the possibility, Darius, that I am committed to connecting deeply with people and making new relationships. Okay, great. What are all the things that I do that are at cross purposes with that? What are all the things I do that sabotage that vision? Well, I, uh, when I'm at a table with a bunch of people, I just climb up. Can't think of anything to say. I don't tell people what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. Someone asks me how I'm doing, I just say fine, whether I'm okay or not. Sometimes I'm actively unfriendly to shut down a conversation. I made this long list, 10 or 15 things that I do that sabotage me developing these relationships. Third column, someone who does these things, what else might they be committed to that make those self-sabotaging behaviors seem perfectly reasonable? And after a few days of introspection, I realized that I was committed to not letting anyone know what I thought or what I felt or who I really was. Mm. Okay, makes sense. Someone who's committed to that would do all those things that I just described. No wonder I wasn't able to develop those relationships. Next question, fourth column. Someone who's committed to that, what's a belief, an assumption that they have about the world? that powers, that fuels that competing commitment. Now, Darius, I, I grew up in an emotionally and physically unsafe home. And I believed, and when I was eight, this was a perfectly, <laughs> perfectly accurate worldview. I believed that if I let people know who I was and what I felt and what I thought, that they wouldn't like it, that they would use that information to hurt me, and then I'd feel terrible. 
And like I said, when I was eight, that was a perfectly accurate worldview. When I was 29 at Birthing of Giants, it was not. It was not serving me. But then we get to shine a light on that belief once it's uncovered. And the process is to take small, low-risk tests that if it just blows up in your face, it doesn't matter. I start all these tests with my EO forum. It's a safe place where uh, I get to experiment with uh, one of those questions, who, who I am, who do I need to be? And I started telling my forum what I thought and what I felt. I started showing them who I was. It's about 10 years ago. And you know what? They kind of liked it. And no one used that information to hurt me. No one uh, you know, made me feel bad about myself. And I started taking bigger and bigger risks, um, testing this belief. Now, most beliefs are not outright falsehood. Some are. And they just crumble as soon as you shine a light on it. But most, they're partially true. They're contextually true. And our job through these experiments is to find its contours. Where is it true? Where is it not? What are the risks? Mm. And as you shine a light on that belief, it loosens its grip. And as that belief, as the power of that belief weakens, there's nothing to fuel your competing commitment. So all of those self-sabotaging behaviors, they effortlessly fall away because there's no reason to do them anymore. And then you're free to move on towards your vision. I love that, man. You know, it's funny. So you and I had a conversation was, I guess it's November now. It's the 11th month of the year. So this is seven months ago. We've had actually conversations multiple times. So, uh, so I had a, I don't know if it was even, a, I don't know if a limiting belief would be the right word for it, but I had a, I just was always like very nervous about money, right? Like I had this weird anxiety with money. Yeah. I talked to you a lot about it and, and you, and you and I had a, a limiting belief conversation and, yeah. and, and, um, and I, and then a competing, competing commitment, which was, and I think it was more of a competing commitment for me because it was, yeah. well, if I'm not worried about money, then, you know, then I can't, I don't even know. Like, I think for me, it was like being worried about stuff made me feel valuable. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was really fucked up. Let's just put it that way. Um, that it was just this thing that didn't make a lot of sense that I've always kind of been worried. And to your, to, to your point earlier, like I grew up in an unsafe environment too. And so, um, so I had a tremendous amount of anxiety around financial and, and, a lot of the work that I did was, and some of it came from the conversations we had, you had kind of referred me to a really amazing um, psychologist who I've been working with. Um, but I did, you know, I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I started doing a lot of work around just, you know, meditation and around, you know, who am I trying to be and what am I really concerned with? Right. And, and, and for me, a lot of it was just like living in a fear-based, I think a lot of us live in kind of these limiting beliefs that are baked around fear right? Yeah. Fear of being loved, fear of being accepted, fear of, of not living the life we're supposed to live. And I kind of just went head on into that, which was, I don't want to live a life of fear. I want to, you know, I want to project who I'm trying to be, which is, you know, a great human being that's creating amazingness in the world and living an engaged life. You know, I, I yeah. want to live a, an engaged life and I can't do that if I'm constantly looking over my shoulders and being fearful about a lot of, you know, bad things that probably aren't going to happen. And yeah. for me, for me, what worked for me, and I'd love to hear like your thoughts, just kind of, uh, as a coach and as a person that really helps people elevate to the next level by kind of getting in front of that fear and saying, I don't want to live a life of fear. I want to live a life of abundance. I want to live a life of greatness by getting clear on that. What ended up happening was I started to see the moments 
when fear would creep in. And yeah. as, as Dr. Joe Dispenza, I don't know if you've read any of his stuff. I know you've read a lot of books, um, but he wrote a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he's mm-hmm. like, look, once you see the program, then you no longer are the program. And mm-hmm. for me, the program that I had programmed myself was, hey, you need to be worried about bad things because they're going to happen. And then when they happen, then you're screwed, right? Yeah. And you, you, the best way to prepare for that is to just always be looking over your shoulder and be worried about it. And then, and then you can try to stop it before it happens. And, and for me, the lim- that limiting belief became that, oh, I need to worry about money and I need to worry about my business. I need to worry about all these things that I can't control that have exterior factors involved. And because I'm constantly worried about them, I could felt like I could control them, which is an untruth. It's not truthful, right? You can't control everything. And so inevitably where I landed on that. And I, and again, I want to hear your thoughts on this is, well, I'm not going to f- fear things that haven't happened and I'm not going to live a life of fear. I'm going to live a life of abundance. And so I just need to like have an awareness of when fear creeps in and catch it when it happens and stop it and then go back to living a life of abundance. And once I did that, it was interesting. The anxiety went away. I quit worrying about money. I, I, I mean, I, this is about five months ago when this happened. And now I'm like, I mean, shit, my anxiety dropped by 99%. I'm not worried about money. I don't have this limiting belief that I'm going to get screwed. Like, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like, how, how do you, how do you see that and how limiting beliefs is that was, was I experiencing a limiting belief there? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, so the short answer is yes, but limiting beliefs come in different types. Some limiting beliefs and like the one that you're describing, it's, you know, the history is always interesting. It's not always relevant, you know, how it came to be done. But you question it, and then you're able to, uh, you know, you're, you're able to move uh, beyond it. We're going to talk about that kind in a second. This com- so everything I do, Darius, is, I am an operator at heart. Everything I do is a simple to understand, easy to implement process. The competing commitments uh, exercise, the process that I just described, is for self-limiting beliefs that are protecting something deep and vulnerable within you. That's really scary to let go of. And there was a, a there, there is a, a shadow of that in what you're describing, but it sounds like that wasn't the main, the dominant thing. No, no, no. no. Actually, actually, when you say that, the, 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 the deep issue was be feeling like I was a person of worth. Yeah. That, yeah. that, that's actually what I figured out was kind of the issue was, oh, I, if I'm not successful, then am I worthy? Right. And so, yeah. so, so these, to, to these your point. deep, yeah, these deep seated subconscious fears that we're so committed to protecting. So, you know, the one that I shared, you know, I'm committed to not sharing who I am. And I mean, obviously I've gotten over it now, but you know, at the time, if I was uh, committed to not sharing who I was and what I thought, and what I felt, because if I do, People aren't going to like it. They're going to hurt me. I'm going to feel terrible about myself. I would do anything to prevent that. So no matter how much I rationally learned, no matter how much I said that's a stupid belief, it wouldn't have been enough. Without testing that belief and actually proving it to be false, it wouldn't be enough. Willpower is not enough. Our subconscious minds are a thousand times stronger than our willpower. So if what you have is something that's deeply self-protective that you feel that if you violate it, really bad things are going to happen. Then we need to do something like the four columns exercise uh, or on competing commitments. If what you have though, is just a bad habit of thought, you know, you just believe that, you know, you just have to work hard. That's the only way to be successful. 
Right. That I would describe put in a different category. That is a mental model. That is the way that you see the world. The, the world is far too complex for us to see it as it is. We make mental models about things. We make maps. But the map is not the territory. It gets us in trouble sometimes. It's a flaw in human experience, but it's a flaw that we could exploit for our benefit. We All we ever see is this pinprick view of reality. And if we're lucky, it's an accurate pinprick view. If we're, if we're not lucky, it's a complete fabrication. It has nothing to do at all with what's going on out there. But if this is an accurate pinprick view of reality, then this one up here to the left is an equally valid pinprick view of reality. And that's all we're able to see. So if you have a thought, if you have a belief that causes you stress, that causes you suffering, that causes you to be stuck, if you could think same set of facts, if you could think of an alternative interpretation, another explanation that explains the same set of facts, but one that brings you peace, one that brings you joy, and is actually useful in solving your problems, then let's ignore the one that has us stuck. As we ignore it, it'll tend to shrink. Let's focus on the one that's more empowering, that we choose to be true. We act as if it's true. And then over time, it tends to grow and it creates the space that we can move on. Oh, I love that, man. We could redraw uh, our map of the world. So let me ask you a question. I know that we're, we're kind of running up towards the end of the show here. It's funny. You're like, I'm an introvert. I'm like, eh, you're talking a lot today, man. I got you going. I can um, talk about this stuff with you all day, Darius. I know, man. I'm, I'm in your sweet spot. I'm talking, we're talking about like, like becoming a self-improvement athlete. And you are definitely, you're like an Olympian on this stuff. Um, so what, um, you know, when you think of the average person listening to the show, they're like, oh my God, this sound, like this guy is blowing my mind. I mean, that's how I feel every time I talk to you. It's like, I'm like, John is blowing my mind. What do people do with though? Like, what's the first step for someone that wants to like start moving down this road of, you know, obviously someone can, you know, try to connect with you and we'll give, you know, listeners ways to connect with you if they want to get to know your work better. But, but what would be like a good first step outside of that? Maybe outside of connecting with you to, to learn about your stuff. What would be another, like, what would be a great first step to get down this road of learning your purpose? You know, like what, what would be your best piece of advice for listeners around that? Yeah. So there's five reasons why people who are working, smart people working so hard aren't living the lives and having the business that they want. And you, the, all these things may be true for you, probably not. Probably one or two or three are. Do you know who you are? That's a place to start for most people. Do you know what your core values are? Do you, and that's the most accessible uh, place to start when it comes to who you are. Uh, the easiest to access. Your core values are how life should be lived. And should is very subjective, you know, based on your personal experience, beliefs, DNA, and all that stuff. How your life should be lived. Do you know your core values? Next would be, do you know your purpose? Do you know your why? Do you know, um, do you know why? Why your life should be, should be lived? And once you know your why and your how, the next step, and this one's a lot harder without a guide, is do you know what? you should be doing. In our entrepreneurial circles, we kind of poo-poo the what. You know, what really matters is your how and your why. But you know, as a human being, your life is the what. Your life's what you actually do every day. It's actually the most important. It's hard to find without your knowing your how, your, your knowing your how and your why. But in the end, it's really the most important thing to live a life of purpose and purpose and passion. 
and just wake up loving what you do. If you're already clear on who you are, if you already love what you do, if you already know your purpose and your core values, well then, do you know where you're going? Do you have a compelling vision that magnetically builds you, draws you towards it? How could you work on that vision, paint that picture? Next is just the nuts and bolts. I don't want to minimize it, but just nuts and bolts stuff. Like how do we actually do what we do for that? Yeah, read a book, join EO, join YPO, do all that sort of stuff. And then if you're still not living the life, having the business that you want, what are the obstacles? And are they in front of you or are they inside you? So the first step would be to ask, which of those five buckets do you need to focus on? Life is a curriculum perfectly designed for us to work out our purpose. All we have to do is look around. I most of my clients are, uh, you know, entrepreneurs who are operating their companies. Some have sold their business. Some are just getting started. There was a young man I was working with. He was the son of entrepreneurs. He was starting his business, and he asked me, like, "What should I? What should I do? What should I learn? Like, should I learn accounting? Like, would it be better for me to spend time learning marketing?" I'm like, "I don't know. Look around. What do you, what's your business need right now?" If what your business needs is for you to figure out how to send out invoices, then you should. Yeah, then what you need right now is to figure out how to use Excel or to create a PDF or something. If what if you're really good at sales and marketing, you don't need to focus on that. You know, like what what's the bottleneck? What's the thing that is slowing you down? That's holding you back. Focus on that, and it'll be in one of those five buckets. So that's me that. different for each person. I love that. Oh man, we could go. I, like, I'm just going to schedule two hour shows with you because I feel like we're like just getting started. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I'm starting a new segment on the show. So, I want to end on this today. Um, when you think of, you know, the greatness machine is all about people living their passions to create greatness in the world. When you think of barriers to people creating greatness, what do you think, in your experience, what is the number one barrier that stops people from creating greatness in the world? And how would you change that? For most people, it's that they don't know who they are. Maybe they did a core values exercise 10 years ago, and maybe even they printed it out. <laughs> you know, they put it next to their uh, computer monitor and they glance at it once again. Maybe they kind of sort of know what their purpose is, but they're not living their purpose. They're living maybe purpose adjacent. You know, they like what they're doing. They're pretty darn good at it, but it is not the fullest, most satisfying manifestation of who they are. They might be close, but they're stuck in their zone of excellence. They're stuck doing the things that they merely are really good at and really like when they could be doing the things that only they could do in their companies. They could be doing the things that would be the fullest, most satisfying manifestation of their purpose. And instead, they're just doing something that's pretty darn good. And we get satisfied and we have an impact, but it's not one that makes our heart sing. And it's not one that changes the world. And what do you, and, and follow-up question on that is what would you yeah. like w w in learning that, what do you think is the most effective way for people to move into that zone of greatness and have their heart sing? Is it doing those, the work we've been talking about? Uh, so like everything else, it's a, uh, you know, there's a process for that. It's once you've already done some of this work, I would craft a vision. Visions can be large or small. 
you could have a vision for how you want to li live your life. You could have a vision for what you want dinner to be like tomorrow. Create a vision. What, like shoot for the moon. What is a North Star that you can, uh, what, what's a North Star that uh, you could devote your life to? Then engage your analytical brain. Brainstorm, look around, do your, you know, do, do, do your, uh, uh, you know, analysis. What are the two, three, five things that might be something that would be really amazing to devote your life to? And then put it through some filters. One at a time, state your core values. Stack them up against all of your possibilities. Which one is the fullest, most satisfying manifestation of this value? State your purpose. Stack it up against each of the analytical options that you put together. How does it, is it the fullest, most satisfying manifestation of your core values? Ask yourself, who do you love more than anyone in the world? Who do you love more than anyone in the world unconditionally? And if you loved yourself, like you love, if you loved yourself, like you love that person, which of these options would you choose? Mm. And if there's a concordance between what you think might be the best thing to do, what you feel might be the best thing to do, and what you know in your gut is the best thing to do, that's what we call transcendent wisdom. And that's the right choice. And that's a life of purpose and passion, Darius. Oh, man. I love it. You're the, you're the man. Um, J Jonathan, so look, I'm sure there's going to be some listeners that are like, how do I get in touch with this guy? Like, what are some ways? Like, first of all, thank you for coming on the show today. It's been too long to, to not have you on the podcast officially. I think this is like our 150th episode. So, so we're, like, we're getting up there. But um, man, thank you for coming on the show. I want to give people all the ways to connect with you. What's the best way to, for people that want to learn more about your work? You're putting out a ton of cool, interesting works out there. Promote away. Go ahead. Plug all your good stuff right now. Sure. Check out my website, www.untangled-coaching.com. Don't forget the dash, untangled-coaching.com. You could find me on LinkedIn or send me an email, defygravity at untangled-coaching.com. I would love to be in contact with you. And Darius, I declare the possibility that you are well on the path to having the number one podcast in the world. And I hope that our time today was one very small step towards that. Oh man. I, 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 I know so <laughs> Jonathan, thank you for coming on the show, man. You love all the value you're adding to what we're doing here at the greatness machine. I mean, you, you know, I know it's a, it's a badass show when I'm taking notes while I'm interviewing you, which is kind of hard to do because I'm managing the show and I'm just literally like taking notes. Um, so listeners, listen, go check out untangled, uh, dash coaching. Is that right? Untangled dash coaching.com, uh, defy gravity at untangled dash coaching.com. Um, follow Jonathan Nomsky on LinkedIn. You can check him out on uh, Instagram too. He's got a very cool, um, profile on there that he's putting a ton of great content in. Um, but yeah, um, you have so many cool things that you're putting out in the world. Everyone needs to go listen. And Mr. Jonathan Nomsky, much love and appreciation to you for coming on and being a part of the Greatness Machine today. Thank you so much. We're just getting started, Darius. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's right. This is the ground zero for the change that's happening. But yeah, I'm serious though. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. All right, everybody. Uh, this is uh, we're gonna peace out here. 
Um, if you love the show, please share it with your friends. Leaders are sharers. So share the show with anyone that needs to hear it. Um, and I could tell you any and all entrepreneurs, CEOs, and people trying to level up and create great in this world needs to learn a lot of the stuff Jonathan Domsky was just talking about. So please share it. If you love this show, please give us a review. Um, you can do that on where all podcasts are uh, rated and reviewed. I like Apple just because that keeps us up on the rankings. We love you. See you guys. You are listening to The Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on, and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.